Yes, yes, yes. What's happening, people? Back again with another one. Hustle Smart here. What's going, What's going on, people? Your boy Lex, he can't be with you right now. Currently on a ferry. Oh, crazy. Yeah, but well, you know, the, yeah, you know the show must go on. Regardless, you got to find a way. So we got him dialed in, so you can always still hear him. You just can't see him for now. Um, today we got a very special guest, someone who's doing amazing things and who we're super honored to have on our podcast. He goes by the name Adam. Could you tell them a bit more about yourself, please? Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Who you are, what you do, why you're here. Um, all right, I'll start from the beginning then. Cool. Um, okay, so my name's Adam. Um, I work as an inter-dealer broker. Um, that's basically, we work as an intermediary between investment banks. Um, to put it simple, if you were looking to buy car insurance, um, you'd necessarily go to confuse.com, compare the market. Um, there you'll find loads of car insurers looking to sell. And that's basically what we do. We work in between the banks. Um, the bank A, say Barclays, will come to us and say he wants to buy uh, an interest rate at a certain level, um, at a certain notional. And... Um, we would have to go and find a seller in the market. So we'd have to go and find a different bank, just say maybe Goldman Sachs. Um, once we've matched the buyer and the seller together, they will pay us a commission. So that's basically what we do. But, How long have you been doing that for? Um, I've been doing that for six, seven years now. So it's been quite a long time. Um, wow. But yeah, man, it's been a... Been a mad journey for me. Yeah, so from the six journey. years, what's it? What? how did that start? What so, was your from, route in? So I was initially going to go to uni and do post-production. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my initial intention. What's post-production? Like filming stuff, right? Yeah, filming, cool. editing. Wow. Um, and you took that route, how? Yeah, so that was, that was basically <laughs> what I wanted to do uh, initially. Um, I don't know why I changed my mind, but I, I thought to myself, let me just go into the city and see what it's like. Mm. So I left sixth form, started working straight away at 17. Um, did, working where though? Doing what? So it's funny, really. I got sold a dream on a... Someone told me about a website called juniorbroker.com mm. when I was in school. And I uh, went on there and basically you could just see all of the job listings. You know, have like, I don't know, 100, 200 grand OTE in your first year. <laughs> uh, bonuses would be like Rolex watches, holidays. <laughs> and they're promising that all within your first year of working there. So, <laughs> yeah, so obviously as a 17-year-old, you're going to look at that and get a bit guessed, you know what I mean? For sure. And uh, so, yeah, got sold a dream, went straight into that when I left sixth form. Um, it wasn't what I expected at all. Like, Sales. Yeah, so I, I mean... When I heard like stockbroker, this, that, I thought I was going to walk into like a big trading floor, like what I work on now. Mm-hmm. That's what I was expecting, like trading screens, all of that kind of stuff. And it just worked. Like, I walked in, it was like a little room. Um, there was about 10 people there. And I was, I, 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 at the time, I thought I was in the back office. I mm. thought I was, this was like the little induction. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. And then the guy just said to me, all right, here's a script. Read this script and dial these numbers. Wow. And that was it. 
that was all the training I had. So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I didn't know that's what stockbroking is, but it must be. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? And then uh, very naive at the time. Um, didn't even get a contract. Oh, yeah. No contract, nothing. My mum was even saying to me like, what do you mean there's no employment contract? I was like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Damn, man. <laughs> so she was like, oh, you're on some nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a little bit. Um, that turned out to, to be a bit dodgy. They mm. were selling like, not fake investments, they were selling carbon credits, mm. basically. Um, they're real tangible assets that you can trade on an exchange, but uh, the level they would trade on that exchange were like maybe... 20 cents, 30 cents. Mm. And we were selling these credits for like 10 pounds each. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, I was just young, gullible. Mm-hmm. I just believed whatever they told me. Then when I found out, I left. Um, after that, went to another stockbroker's, but this was more... Uh, it was a regulated stockbroker. Okay, cool. But it was a very similar sales role. Um, you know, you're making 300, 400 phone calls a day. Mm-hmm. What? what did that do for you though? Because I, after coming out of university as well, I went into a job role where I kind of had to do sales. I kind of shied from it, but like you doing that at such a young age, like what did that do for you? Because now you can kind of, you have the confidence, you kind of know how to start a conversation or sell anything to anyone. Do you know what? Like selling, I've always been selling something mm-hmm. throughout my life. Like when I was, when I started secondary school, um, I was going to Costco. Mm-hmm buying sweets wholesale and then selling them in the playground. So I've always been on that kind of level. Um, I used to work with my nan in uh, Queen's Market selling jewellery. So I was always used to like face-to-face interactions, selling to people. So when I went into that, it was just kind of second nature. And most things I do in life anyway, I do it 100%. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I, I give it everything I have. So when I was doing that kind of role, I was the one making the most phone calls on the mm. floor. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll be dialing 800, 900 times a day. I'll be getting the highest call time, mm. like four or five hours on the phone. So you just didn't care that you didn't know the person, you were just happy to... I just applied the same like high work rate. Mm-hmm. And if you do that consistently enough, you should get results. Do you know what I mean? So For sure. I've always had that hard, like, that, that work rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's from growing up, like playing football and that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. it teaches you that discipline, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, to work hard. Um, so yeah, I was, I was doing that. Did quite well at it, even though it was it wasn't great. Um, after that, went to a legit stockbroker. It was the same kind of thing. Um, and then after a bit of time in the city, I, I realized the actual direction I wanted to go in. Do you know what I mean, after I realized, okay, I don't want to do this, this, this. This is the I want to get into institutional side I want to get into like the investment banking side mm-hmm. but at the time obviously it's very difficult without a uni degree mm-hmm. to try and get in somewhere so I, you know I'd be applying to places constantly sending out my CV every day every day got nothing back mm-hmm. and then randomly got a got a, a request for an interview from one of from one of the top firms um, so in my industry there are about five big firms yeah um it's a very small, tight-knit kind of kind of job. It's very niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if I left my company, there's only four other companies I could go to and do the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I got offered a place at one at one of those. Um, luckily, they it was their grad program, and they mixed in grads and non-grads okay. just to have a little bit of diversity. Mm-hmm. So that was good for me. Um, and yeah, just managed to get in that way. 
How old were you then? 19. Oh, okay. So I got my foot in the door. Nice. Started off as a, as a trainee. And then literally doing all the stuff you could imagine like a trainee would do in that kind of industry. Like mm-hmm. I was the little bitch basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> going out, getting lunches. Eating shit. It was, do you know what? It was mad because going right and it's intimidating. It's a floor full of like yeah. loud, uh, like aggressive men. Jesus. I mean, yeah, exactly. And it was, it's a, it's a different, it's not different, but it's not, it wasn't my kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I had to adapt. I had to kind of play the game. Yeah, exactly. And it was hard. It was very hard, especially being one of the, like, I, was, I think I was the only black, black guy on the floor. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, one of them ones. So culturally, it's very different. Yeah. You know I mean, the banter's different. Yeah. You've got to kind of adapt, try and understand the way other people find things funny. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah, it was crazy. Like, I think on my first week, they said, right, you need to get everyone's lunch. You're not allowed to write it down. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shit. So I had to go out and get lunch for about 15, 15 people. Mm. Weren't allowed to write it down to remember everything. If you get anything wrong, you get shouted at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They said, oh, I wanted ketchup, not barbecue sauce, and I like, throw it at you. Oh, like, wow. Crazy, crazy times. Just like the movies. Literally, just like the movies. And, but do you know what it was? The firm I started at, they were very old school. Mm. Like, they wanted to keep the traditions. Um, it's not really like that anymore. Like it's, it's changed in the past five years. Um, but back then they tried to keep as old school as possible. So they were like, right, we get all the trainees together. On my first day, they sent us all to the pub and just got us smashed. <laughs> I was like 19, like drink, like down in pints. <laughs> Bearing in mind, like I never really used yeah, to drink too tough back then. Like, yeah. I, ne- I only started drinking when I was 18. Yeah. Like I literally only started drinking when I was 18. Like, mm-hmm. Because throughout all my, my youth, I was just focused on football. Yeah. So I weren't really into that kind of stuff back in the day. So it was all new for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I did that. I was at that company for a year. I put up with a lot of shit. Yeah. A lot like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, I had one of my bosses at the time. He, uh, he got back from holiday and he had a flat in the city. And he said to me, go... Uh, Go and go and do my laundry. I was looking at him like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, I left all my laundry and need, need it done." I was thinking, "Is he joking? You weren't joking." Like, I fully had to go to his flat and do his laundry, and I was like, "That was nah, This is a piss take." Like, could we put it in the washing machine? Yeah, yeah, fully. Like, wait, wait for it to finish, hang it up. <laughs> like, oh, proper piss take. Do you know? And do you know what? Like. There was plenty of times in, during that year when I was in full trainee mode that I wanted to quit. Mm. What kept you there? It's the hunger. Mm. Hunger for what, though? Just to want more. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, nothing's been given to me in life. I've, you know, I've very humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to work for everything. Mm-hmm. So I saw that as a route to get to where I want to get to. So all of the little setbacks, all of the things that I didn't like, I just thought, you know what? Just take it on the chin, toughen yeah. up, get through it, and hopefully things will get better. Mm. Do you think if, say, like, so we got quite a young audience, we have a mixed audience of different mm. ages, but say, like, they were now graduating going into the seat, do you think it'll be kind of the same? Because or... I, I really wanted to be in the seat as well. I know Alex is in the city, but he's more into consulting. Is that kind of how it still is, like, where you have to firm a lot of shit just to... 
just to stick it through till you get to that stage, the next level above. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, it depends what industry, of course. Because a lot of people make it glamorous. I won't lie. A lot of like, is is very kind of. I don't want to say not ego, but a lot of people who do get into those grand schemes make it sound super glamorous, like we're above everyone else and shit like that. But like, uh, gone. No, I was gonna interject. I guess as a, as a grad, and obviously depending where you are in finance, will depend on how hard they work you. So, for example, a lot of the, the the top banks, right? When you're on a grad scheme, you know they work you really hard in the sense where you're doing doing long hours. Mm-hmm. However, in consulting, you do take a lot of shit from the client, but it's not as aggressive as you know getting food flung at you or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, for example, like, um, in so far in my career, I've had a client kind of just kind of talk down to me and um, kind of doubt my intelligence. So you yeah. do take shit, but you just need to just, you have to adapt and overcome. Yeah. You know what, the, the way I see it, yeah, it's like, you've got to just eat shit until you have enough clout. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like until you've earned enough stripes, and I think that's in, it. that's in everything. It's as like well, it's know? like most things. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean, there's no like fast track for sure to get into to where you want to get to. Do you know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. got to go through some kind of hardship. Mm-hmm. Like, even for me, like that first job that I had, like that for me, that was everything. That mm-hmm. was I'd finally got to the place that I wanted to be at, and I thought, right, I'm going to be here forever, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to build my career here. And then after a year, I got sacked. Oh, like uh, it just got a bit political. Um, mm. Like we were moving around on different desks, and like, and each desk trades different markets. Mm-hmm. And then the last desk that I ended up on there, I just didn't get on with the people, mm. and it had been a long year of taking shit. So by that point, I was fed up with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like certain things that I was letting slide, I weren't letting slide anymore. Yeah. So I, there was just few things I just weren't letting slide anymore. And then two twos, they were like, "It's not working out." <laughs> Playing the game is so important, man. Knowing how to and that's the thing, like, and play the and, game. And so bro, key. I, I played the game. Mm-hmm. I played the game all the way through, mm-hmm. and then it still weren't enough. Yeah. And these are the setbacks in life. Like it don't make sense. It's injustice. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like going home that day, and I was like, "What am I gonna do now?" And I was at the time I was studying because you have to do exams for this job. Um, and I was studying for the exams to become a qualified broker mm-hmm. and I got let go and I remember getting home and I thought to myself you know what I ain't gonna just wallow I carried on studying for these exams for a job that I don't even have anymore yeah. do you know what I mean like I was that focused on where I was gonna mm-hmm. get to that I was still carried on and then I think I spent about maybe a month and a half out of work and then Luckily got a call from a recruiter um, who was recruiting for a back office role at my current company. And then I just thought, okay, that's a, a route in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then it's funny, the recruiter actually said to me at the time, he was like, okay, you're young. I know you want to be a broker, but when you go to the interview, you tell them you don't want to be a broker because mm. <laughs> they won't hire you. Mm. So I literally had to go there and just say... <clears throat> I don't want to be a broker. Playing the game hate once bro- again. Hate brokers. <laughs> like, they look what they did to me at my last place. I've got no interest in going back on the trading floor. Mm. And then, literally, I started doing that. Um, when was it? I think it was 2014. 
And I spent like two months in the back office. And don't get me wrong, like it's it's a it's a good job. What do you do in the back office? You're basically support for the brokers. Mm. So you do all the reconciliation. If um so I was doing um bond settlement and equity settlement. So when the brokers trade bonds and, and equity stocks, um they have cash deliveries. So it's it's a physical exchange. Mm. So if 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 the bank buys a bond, they're physically buying the bond from from us as the broker. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're physically buying it from the other bank. So there's a lot of cash settlement that needs to be put in place. And that's basically what the back of like you do. Um and like it's you know, it's it's, an, it's a good job, but for it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the kind of person that would just have a salary and just stick to that. Do you know what I mean? I always try and strive for more. I need that to be motivated. I need like a it's like like a sell like a sales role. People thrive in that kind of role that have that cash reward mm-hmm. to go after something. So for me, I was like, I need to get back on the on the on the trading floor. And then I just kept asking around, see if there was any spaces on any uh, trading desks. Someone said that a junior was leaving um, on one of the desks. So I waited maybe like an hour after I finished work for the the boss on that desk to leave. So I waited for him. Uh, and then I waited till he got in the lift. I ran in the lift with him. And then I just pitched him in the lift, walked all the way to his train station, which was opposite to mine, pitched him while I was walking. And then by the time I got to his station, he was like, all right, you got the job. Nice. Hustling smart. That's it. And then the rest is history. And I've I've been working with that same team now for the last five and a half years. Can I just tell you guys, sorry, I really want to just dissect a little bit kind of what what you've done there because you've got an opportunity. Mm. You had the confidence to go outside, way outside the comfort zone, even even divert your your route home. And that you just really laid the focus and it's like you wasn't going to, you wasn't going to stop until you kind of um, got what you wanted. So I definitely, I definitely commend you for that. 100%. For sure. Nice one, man. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's one of them things I'd say to anyone that's listening that like, if there's something that you want in life, like just go for it. It don't matter. Like, the only thing stopping you is you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Most people don't make the leap to do something because they're scared of the, like, their own insecurities stopping them. But those insecurities are not real. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing that stops a guy walking up to a girl at a bar. Yeah, it's pictures you paint in your head. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, the reality is always much nicer than mm-hmm. what's in your head. For sure. Do you know what I mean? So, I could have just thought, no, nah, I'm scared to, to go and talk to him. I don't know him and all this. But, do you know what? I thought, you only get one chance. Mm-hmm. And what do you lose? It's got nothing to lose. Everything's everything to gain. Everything to gain, exactly. Sure. So, that's, that's just been my approach and everything in life. That's dope. Um, and, yeah, man, it's been... As soon as I got a job on that desk, I've got my head down, grafted. And then, like, within, I started on that desk when I was 20, yeah, 20, 20, going on 21. By the time I was 23, going on 24, I was earning over 100 grand a year. Oh, wow. Do you know what? Yeah? Do you know why I really like this? Yeah, because basically, there's, so we have, like, like I said, we've got some young listeners. And a lot of people are kind of like, should I go uni? Do I need to go uni? 
And like a lot of people have have gone to uni. Some have dropped out, but it's like I've ne- we never hear this side of people who didn't go uni mm. but still managed to hustle their way in. So I'm super happy to have you here to kind of share this story because it's super important for people to hear this. Like uni is a route, and you can also find your own route, like you just like you did. So you know, I'm what? really happy to hear that. Yeah, man, it's it's something that I've, I've wanted to do this anyway, and, mm-hmm. and and like mentor mentor anyone that wants it. Do you know what I mean? I get messages all the time on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. People asking me for advice and I always give them the time. Yeah, amazing, bro. Because, you know, sometimes you just, you may not think you can because you've not seen anyone else yeah, do it. exactly. And, and that's, I think that's the same thing with a lot of kids in the hood, a lot of kids that if they don't have that person that they've seen, like, mm-hmm. right, you're just like me mm-hmm. and you can go into that world there and thrive. Mm-hmm. Unless you you see it or you know anyone, you're gonna think it ain't possible. Yeah, for sure. And you're gonna think, nah, for that sure. that life just for those people over mm-hmm. there. Do you know what I mean? You're always gonna separate yourself when it's not the yeah, case. Exactly. Um, in regards to uni, I mean, I would never actually tell anyone not to go yeah, to uni for sure. because I, even though I managed to get through, I was also very lucky. Mm. Always an element of luck involved. Do you know I what I mean? Agree. Like even for my first uh, job in this industry. It was just luck that that person at the time picked up my CV mm-hmm. and put it through. Do you know what I mean? It was luck that they just liked me. They could have disliked me. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I didn't get that, I don't know what I would be doing. I didn't have anything to fall back on. Do you know what I mean? It was all or nothing for me mm-hmm. at that point because I didn't have that uni degree to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say for any young kids like deliberating whether to go or not, I would say go uni if you have a plan. Like, life's short, man. Like, there's not a lot of time. And you got to have a plan. There's no... Uni's good, obviously. You know, you could, there's a lot of enjoyable experiences. But if you're going to go just to waste time, you're better off not going and, and getting your head down and grafting in, in, in some kind of field and getting a head start on everyone else. I get you. Mine, mine was kind of, mine was also kind of like just to use that time as well to grow as well. So I guess like it kind of depends. But like you said, if you know kind of what you want to do or you kind of have an idea and mm. you like, if you just put your head down and graft, you can probably find a way in the same route and get a head start as well. So like it's definitely a big, big decision. And like we've, we've done a few episodes talking about it as well because it's all relative as well at the end of the day. Whatever you feel no, like exactly. best for you. Yeah, that, well, that's, that's one thing. I'll, yeah, exactly. Like, I'll just say don't waste the time that mm-hmm. you have there if you are mm-hmm. at uni. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you only get one chance to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you don't want to look back and have regrets. Because mm-hmm. at the same time that you're wasting, there are other people out there that are grafting. Yeah. And it's like in my situation, by the time I was like 23... I was an established broker on the floor mm-hmm. and there were uni graduates coming in yeah. and they're now coming in way on a position way below me, but mm-hmm. they're the same age or maybe yeah. even older. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, so, I do. That's interesting though. So like, listen, you're already 23, earning six figures. Like for those who don't know, you're actually also a business owner as well. Mm. What's the motivation? Like, fair enough, there's abundance and like you can always get more. But with you spending so much time in brokering, like what made you want to branch out to do your own thing? Like what was your thought process behind it? Like you said in school, you were entrepreneurial. But... That's it, it's the entrepreneurial mm. side, man. It's, it's always been there. So when I was 
21. Um, so literally not even long after I started at the company I'm at now. Um, it was hard. Like, broken is a hard job. It's a very, very difficult job. Um, when you're starting out, especially, it's like a very long road. Mm-hmm. And you don't know where the road's going to take you. So as a, as a junior, you're sitting there, you're earning not much money. People look at you like, oh, you must be earning loads of money. But when you're a junior, you don't really earn anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, it's not glamorous at all. And I kind of felt, I don't know if I'm going to really succeed at this. I still weren't sure. So I thought, let me also have a backup plan. Let me build something else. That's probably had something to do with the insecurities I had from losing the previous yeah. job. As well, but also I've always been entrepreneurial, so I thought, right, what can I do? And I actually started a gymwear brand back in okay. 2015. 2015, I started a gymwear brand. Um, called How Fit, long did you have that for? Called Fit Gymwear. Um, it's, it's still it's still there. The Instagram's oh, nice. still there, but I don't I don't. Um, it's not active at the moment, mm-hmm. um, just because I'm so busy with mm-hmm. with beard gang. Um, but I started that just because I thought, right, it's time to. Try and build something, build something for myself. Uh, I spotted a gap in, like a gap, because at the time there wasn't really any independent UK gymwear brands. Like Gymshark was just kind of getting getting mm-hmm. big by the, at that point, um, but they weren't. Re- it wasn't as flooded as it was now. So I thought, yeah, let me just do this. So here's me earning very little money, going and get I got a small business loan. I maxed out like two credit cards. Mm. I was, I probably when I started it, I put myself in about. 20 grand worth of debt. Oh, wow. Um, and at the time, I was only earning like 25 grand a year. Mm. So I put myself in a lot of debt to start up this business. Um, it was a huge risk. And at the time, I think influencer marketing was just starting to pop off. Mm. So I thought, all right, cool. Let me just jump on this wave. And I just, it was very naive of me at the time to think, but this is why like, I made all the mistakes, which has helped mm-hmm. me today. Um, but I just assumed I'm going to just get all this product, design it. Because I went through the full process. Mm-hmm. I went to like a textile company in London, sat down with designers, got the toils made, got the all the designs, had everything, and the full tech pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that alone was like five grand yeah. just to get, just to have the designs ready to, to pass on to the manufacturers. Wait, so what exactly is Beard Gang? Like, is it like... An oil moisturizer, like what? What is? What are you selling basically? Beard gang. Mm. It's 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 more than that now. It's just it's it's a community. It's a community. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It is a community. Um, when did you start? So how long has it been? Like, what's the time? What was the process like building that community? And what was the time frame as well with it? Um, yeah, after the gym where business, I realized it's probably not the right market. And that's one thing I would say is, you know, if you don't be afraid to recognize a failure. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. a lot of people tend to cling on to things. Yeah. And I probably cling, I was clinging on to it for, for probably too long at the time. Mm. Um, but it takes a lot of uh, accountability to look mm-hmm. at yourself and say, I've made a mistake here or this is not working out. I need yeah. to do something else. Yeah. So I stopped uh, focusing on the gym where I was focusing on work, progressed on really well at work. Um, which allowed me to then pay off all the debts and stuff. And then I was in a position last year, started last year, and I thought, right, what can I do? Like, what What's the next business? Uh, I just finished paying off the, the mm-hmm. massive amount of debt that I was in 
And then, and then instead of thinking, yeah, let me just chill now and, and just focus on, I was like, right, what next? Um, and I was literally just listening to a podcast um, about business and uh, they said, okay, look around. Is there anything in your life at the moment that you want or that you need that you don't have? Look around. If there's anything in your life that you need and that you don't have, try and identify it. And at the time, I just started growing my beard and taking it serious. And I tried so many different products on the market. I tried out like Man Cave, um, like Hawks and Brimble or something like that. I was just going to Boots and I'm just trying them all out. And, and nothing really worked. Mm. They just kept drying out my beard, drying out my skin underneath. I was getting like flakes. It was just, And then I ended up resorting just to using coconut oil mm. from the supermarket. And I was like... Is, this is not a, like a proper product for my beard. I need to... And then it just like hit. I was like, bro, why don't I just make beard oil? Mm. And I've always been a bit advocate of, of CBD um, and hemp mm. anyway, just for medicinal uses. I've been using it for a long time and I, I, I highly recommend it. Mm. Um, so I thought I definitely want to incorporate that in the product. And then my group chat with a load of my friends was called Beard Gang Members. Okay. Elite. Because we all had beards. Mm. And we actually called our Power League five-a-side team beard gang. Okay. So... Well, beards like this though, because I'm trying to see whether I've got any any faith or any hope that I can get a beard like you were saying, Carl. I'm, I might be in my early days. I need to see what you're working with at my age. You know what I mean? Well, you, you Am get... I done for? <laughs> Good consistent care. It's yeah, possible, okay. Um, and yeah, and then I, it just hit me. I was like, right, beard gang. And then I spent the whole of last year developing it, trying out different blends. And then October last year, I launched it. Wow. That's crazy. And, it, and, it's, and it's been, mm-hmm. the response has been great. It's Amazing, been, yeah. It's been really good, man. Do you think all that kind of lesson from your previous, like, business, the, the gym wear and, like, work as well has kind of helped you in, in that sense as well? In every way, man. Mm. Like, every failure is just a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, you only learn when you fail. And I've had, I took some big L's. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like getting getting fired from my first big job, that was a huge L, which I didn't even think I would recover from. Mm. And I managed to bounce back from that, but I learned from that experience. And then the gym wear side, that didn't take off how I expected it to. But all of the, the expensive lessons that I learned mm-hmm. going through that process helped me launch Beard Gang almost perfectly yeah. because I knew exactly what to do mm-hmm. and I knew what not to do. Yeah, I saw something today that said failure is failure to not recover, which mm. is exactly like you did. You were able to kind of learn from it and use it as a way to kind of add more to yourself and really kind of sharpen your your values well in that sense. So that's, so it, that's really good. In terms of growing your community, kind of how are you able to, to go about that? What... Like you said, you know it's influence the market was working. What was kind of your process in terms of growing your community? So I've not done any influence mm-hmm. marketing so far. That's not something I've actually ventured yeah. into. I, I, I mean, I'm looking into it, but because it is a very personal brand, mm-hmm. um, I'm only going to work with the right people. I, I'm not just giving it out there to loads of influencers to try and push because mm-hmm. I only want people promoting it that I actually fuck with. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Organic. Exactly. Um, and it, 
for me, I feel like that that kind of influencer marketing is 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 not as effective as it used to be mm-hmm. because as, as consumers, you're kind of numb to it now. You mm. see an influencer post something, you know they don't even care about it. Yeah. They know they don't even, they probably haven't even used it. Do you know what I mean? They just, you know, they've been paid to promote it. So why would you listen to their opinion on it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'd, I'd rather someone actually buy it or I might, you know, if I if I like someone, I'll send it to them and I'll say, look, just use it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you like it, show some love. If you mm-hmm. don't, or you don't want to post, then don't post. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'll find other ways to get get the brand yeah. out there. Looking at your page, you have a lot of reviews. So is it that mm-hmm. type of content that actually showing, like you said, you someone will try it out, someone will buy it and like you get that organic review. Is that kind of a way you were kind of able to grow a community? Because now you have the word of mouth and it being sent out and spiraling they're like your customers or your sales reps basically. yeah I think it's just a build up of a lot of things mm. um, like from from the jump I was out there I was I put my face on the camera mm-hmm. um, you know talking to like when you're talking to the camera you're talking and you promote that that video you're talking to thousands of people mm-hmm. so I feel like that helps um, and I've just been I've just been out to put myself out there I've yeah. been going to expos I've been going to you know within my first three months last year I went to the um, Black Investor 360 conference yeah, yeah, nice. um, and I pitched I was at, I did the Accelerator oh. um, and I went on stage in front of I don't know maybe 100, 200 people and then there was a, a panel from Cornerstone Partners mm. um, and they were looking to invest or give a scholarship to uh, to their scale up program and that helped a lot I went on stage pitched a lot of people but you know you've got an audience of maybe 200 people filming, taking pictures. Mm-hmm. So that helped get the word out. Mm. Um, and it's just been, it's organic. And and I think because the product is actually very good, yeah. like the oil is very, very good and mm. it works, it's just spreading through word of mouth, which is great. Yeah, so I think yeah, that the main thing is if you, you know, if you are starting a brand, just focus on the products. Because yeah. if you have a good product and it is, and it, and people like it, then you don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Like you will it's it just, it's just time yourself. it's just yeah. time at that point that's, that's sure. the only thing for sure now I like like you said you put yourself out there and not really shying away from it mm. like I also saw the the um, breakfast club as well <laughs> kind of what can we get a quick backstory on kind of that like, as again well? that's just me being crazy mm-hmm. man um I, I've been listening to the Breakfast Club every, like more or less every day for the mm. past four or five years. It's just something I'll listen to, like on my way to work. Do you know what I mean? And I, I love it. I, I find it very entertaining. And then in the every morning, so when it starts, they go through like the little morning intro bit, and then they have get it off your chest segment. Mm. So callers can call in and just talk shit, basically. <laughs> Um, which is crazy because so many people just call up and just talk a load of rubbish yeah. when really you should be using it for something that's going to benefit you really because um, it's such a big platform. Um, so I, I realised that was a good opportunity there. Um, and I, I kind of knew what time they that segment was because um, it was like maybe 10 or 20 minutes after the show actually starts. And then I checked the time, so it was like 6.20 maybe their time so I waited till maybe it was 11.20 our time and then I just kept calling calling so I spent about two or three days calling in that half hour window yeah must have dialed about two three hundred times I'm just thinking of your phone bill bro. I was crazy <laughs> my phone bill was crazy like, EE actually called me and they and they, <laughs> and, 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 they and they said like 
we didn't want, we thought we'd just like call you up to to let you know about your bill just in case. <laughs> and, and, and then he was like, I hope you're, I hope you're sitting down. <laughs> oh, no. Um, right, it was worth it, man. Yeah. So, so I, I did that. Didn't get through the first day, didn't get through the second day, got through the third day, spoke to Charlemagne and, and Envy and, and Angela Yee. Um, and then the response straight after that was crazy. Like, as soon as I hung up the phone, it was just like, boom, sell, mm. sell, sell. And it was just, it was crazy. Solid, and then man. following went up. And then I called them again mm. um, in June. No, tell a lie, it was in July, just after my birthday. I called them up again. Um, and I also sent, sent them some stuff as well. Hustling so, smart, man. That's what it is. Again, like, different routes. Do you know what it is? Yeah, like if you want to succeed in life, you got to be able to step outside your comfort zone because sure. mm-hmm. you're never going to achieve anything inside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Um, and most people that are successful in, in any any walk of life have to go through that that path. Nobody mm-hmm. gets to that path of success by staying comfortable mm-hmm. unless you win the lottery or something do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah man you got you got to you got to put yourself out there no for sure I definitely, definitely agree with that no yeah no I was going to say that like, I can definitely testify to the product like the product is amazing obviously myself I don't really have much of a beard <laughs> but, <laughs> but ever since using the, the beard oil, I can just see like my hair you know much more healthier and it's actually growing where I used to get like a lot of ingrown hairs as well that's reduced like significantly. So, mm. yeah, it, I, I commend the product. I'm gonna give it a try, man. Yeah, Alex, Alex has been screaming for it as well. And he's like, Listen, you gotta get this guy on the pod, you know what I mean? So, I'm super, super, super happy to have you here, man. But, um, just a, just a quick one kind of want to just dig a bit deep in terms of like what do you have in mind for at Beard Gang members? What's your next step? Um, also, where can where can our people find you? How can they support you? How can they? kind of join the community and get involved as well um, plans for Beard Gang it's a tricky one because I feel like where the bright where it's because it's growing mm-hmm. um, there are so many different avenues to go down and, and where I want to make it bigger than just uh, a men's grooming company I want it to be a, a brand there are a lot of different ventures I'm looking into mm-hmm. um, so I'm not going to review everything just yet Mm-hmm. Um, to find us, obviously, Bid Gang members. Bid on all gang, socials. Uh, on all socials. Twitter is actually Bid Gang member. Okay. But everything else is Bid Gang members on LinkedIn, um, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and website, bidgangmembers.com. Cool, cool, cool. And just, yeah, digging a bit more deep on yourself as well, kind of what habits would you say? have served you well in terms of like where you are now in business and work like what type of habits have you kind of grown over over the years um self-development mm. i'd say that is is a huge part of it um you need to put the work in on yourself do you know what i mean like you are your your biggest investment um and at the end of the day you need to always be looking to try and improve yourself every single day mm-hmm. um, so I try and do that I, I read every day um, I'm always listening to like motivational books or books that I'm looking that I'm going to learn from mm-hmm. um, and it's just even like Instagram right yeah people don't realise how deep social media actually is like 
when you're running a page and you're trying to grow an account, like it's so difficult and you have to really understand how it all works because mm-hmm. it's not just a, a platform that yeah. post, like it's so much deeper than that yeah, for you sure. know what I mean and I, I literally I'll go on I went on uh, Apple Podcasts and I just went on every single podcast there was about Instagram and how to grow your accounts yeah. and Instagram marketing and all that kind of stuff and I probably listened to every single episode there was mm-hmm. on every single one that, that, was, that was out there I've literally run out there's nothing else on, mm. on, on the podcast that they can teach me now because I've listened to them all Yeah, but it's things like that like you got to put in the work and it seems so simple, but over time, it's like compounding. Yeah, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, I say like, that all the like, time, consistency compounds. Yeah, That's my like, favourite saying. You listen to one podcast mm-hmm. one day, then the next day you listen to another one. And it may not seem like much over a week, but over a year mm. or two years, every day, like listening to that kind of stuff, your knowledge base just grows mm-hmm. and you don't even realise that you'll be pulling that knowledge out of this, out of the air. And you don't even, you think, well, how did yeah, I know yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Do you know what I mean? And you just mm-hmm. know things. So you just got to always be learning and whatever field it is, you just got to try and be an expert at it. Yeah, for sure. So when it came to broken, I was like, right, I started off as a junior. I made sure I was the best junior there was. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like when you start off, you just do all like the, um, the trade inputting. So after the, like, the brokers will do the trades, you got to do the tickets. So you got to input all the, the economic details of the trade into the ticket and send it to the respective banks. And there's a lot of things you've got to fill out and a lot of room for error. Do you know what I mean? So if you make too many mistakes on those things, it costs money. Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that, you're going to get set. Yeah. So for me, I was like, right, I want to make sure I'm the best at putting in tickets. Yeah. I'm going to be the best one that they've ever had. Oh. And that's what I did. Oh, and then that enabled me to then progress to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, with social media. I was like, right, I want to start this. I want to grow this account. And I started putting in the work into learning how social media works when I was focusing on gym wear. Um, so by the time I started off Big Gang, I already had a lot of knowledge on how to, what things actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's all of that work that I put in beforehand is which okay, has helped. Enough. Exactly. Amazing. You also said you're big on mentoring, which is amazing because, mm. like we said, representation and giving back. So, where can I, where can our people find you personally as well? Yeah, of your social for for and... for all those kind of things. I just think reach out to me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is Adam White Johnson. Um, just reach out to me on there, and I'll definitely give you the time of day. Cool. Um, because yeah, I feel like. The reason why we read books is to learn from other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you think about someone that's lived a whole life and they write a book, yeah, they've got so many experiences and life lessons in there, so many gems mm-hmm. that you can pull from. Like, why there's no need for you to go through the same mistakes mm-hmm. that I went through if I can just teach you mm-hmm. before you make the mistake. Do you know what I mean? So, I definitely agree. I feel like I've had a lot of... Um, experiences in my life that I can definitely help other people that want to get into the same kind of industry or you know any young entrepreneurs that want to start a business or definitely help um, give some valuable advice amazing and just to wrap it up we have a word of the week every week word or phrase do you have anything for our people to go and listen to just just to interject one more time Mm -hmm. before we wrap it up Adam obviously because I know you 
Like, I know we've only just kind of scratched the surface, so yeah, man. I'm definitely, definitely going to need you that short part. Yeah, for real, sure, man. Yeah, the gritty of like the sort of challenges you experience with being gay. Yeah, oh man, trust you, me. You've got an array of products as well. Mm. Um, so I really kind of want to delve deep into kind of what are the benefits of the beach products. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm handing it back to you. For we're, we're a journey driven podcast anyway, so like we're following your journey as we're growing, you're growing, and we'll definitely mm. keep that, keep it going, and keep on having you back sharing that load anyway so for sure man I would say um, it's just consistency mm-hmm. that's with everything and even with our products you know if you want to have a healthy beard if you want your beard to grow just use it consistently mm-hmm. and over time you will see a difference one of my friends he um, he literally had hardly any facial hair for years he struggled had like bum fluff on his chin <laughs> Um, like just little whispers on his cheek, you know, he'd get his barber to try and like shape yeah. up something just to make it look ago. like. I'm just a bit more grateful now. <laughs> yeah, and then and then no lie, no lie, he started using using uh, the oils at the start of like lockdown. Um, I didn't see him for a few months. Saw him afterwards, and I was like, raw, like he fully like he had hair on his cheeks. Shaped it up, he had a proper beard, like oh, a full beard. You know what I'm going to do after this episode. <laughs> Let's get to work. So yeah, man, consistency is key. Amazing, so, amazing. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Like Alex said, like just scratch, scratching the surface. So definitely going to be a part two for our listeners. And yeah, just for you to to, to share some more on the beard products as well. Because like I know for a fact you're killing it. Like the, the there's enough testimonies out there for it. So just looking forward to that. Um, just before we go, um, like always, guys, like, share, subscribe. Hit us up on the DMs if you've got any questions. Email us if you got any questions. Um, we're out on all the platforms, so give us a review. Let us know what you think. And, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. So remember, as always, focus on things that move the needle. Wow. <laughs> cool. Take care, guys. Till next time.